That was Shuffling Your Feet by Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, a fantastic band with tons of albums with great songs. Check them out. You're going to like it. It's the Stazapod Jumbo Q&A episode today. Let's go. First up, I want to thank everybody. Now, the world is a very scary place right now. Uh, There are tons of businesses that are shuttered. People are struggling. Some people have gotten stimulus checks. Others have not. There's a lot of question marks about what is going to happen and how we're going to survive in a a greater sense. And I feel deeply gratified that uh, not only was this past sale one of the best sales ever, uh, not only did you guys buy Radic in such an enormous amount, he became the single best-selling four-inch Night of the Slice figure ever, but on Patreon, there has been this avalanche of people upping their pledges and new patrons hopping on board. Uh, I feel completely overwhelmed with the show of support. It means so much. Um, I, I, I really can't even put it into words. I The only thing I feel outside of that is... Um, you know, like this is so, it's so stupid to be concerned with my business and with making toys when there's so much suffering out there. But, um, you know, your support has been really tremendous and I feel very confident, which I would not have said a couple weeks ago or a month ago. I feel very confident Knights of the Slice can weather this storm and continue on for the rest of this year and beyond. Um, there was, I've had very many question marks since this outbreak has happened as to whether or not I could sort of get through this year, do, you know, make good on all the obligations I had, and place enough new orders to ensure that there's a 2021. But uh, with this past week and the really strong show from you guys, uh, you know, I, I now have sat down and plotted out the rest of the year slowly transitioning off of that doomsday plan to integrate new styles, new characters, possibly new tooling. And uh, the future is looking very bright. So I thank you guys for that. I know there's things you could be doing that are probably much more important, but keeping spirits up, having something exciting in the mail, having a little bit of levity and diversion is not such a bad thing at these times. And uh, my pledge to you is that I will continue to entertain you every single day. There will be something new to look at with Knights of the Slice, whether it's a piece of fan art, um, you know, a music video with stop motion animation that somebody's done, whether it's a sneak peek from me, uh, a coloring contest, a photo contest. I promise you every single day there will be something new in this community. And uh, this is a very small, very insignificant thing that I can do, but um, I've had a lot of people reach out and say how much they appreciate that uh, they can kind of lose themselves for a few minutes every day in this uh, wonderful project we've created. So um, I know in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean much, but I will do my best to uh, keep you guys thoroughly entertained. Um, With all of that out of the way, We got a ton of questions and we got some really, these are some of the best questions I've ever gotten, I would say. This is going to be a pretty intensely awesome Q&A session and uh, let's go. 
So we're going to start off with Patreon questions. And uh, in the Patreon question and answer thread, I posed a question to my wonderful followers. I asked them, do you want Radic accessory packs? Is that something you might be interested in? Maybe it contains uh, old knight weapons. Maybe it contains a cloth t-shirt or a new item. Uh, is this something people are interested in? So alongside these questions, you will also get our patrons feedback to the idea of erratic accessory pack. So uh, just as a, uh, just so you understand that there's uh, two things going on with these questions. Lori asks, is Baghead still in the works? I would love to do a Hedora homage. Um, this is of course referring to the alternate head for Hackerman designed by Michael Scottum. Uh, yes, you guys unlocked the bag head designed by our good buddy, Draculaser. So that is coming. I have not shared photos of it yet. Um, and I will do so some point in the future. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're not a patron, there is quite a bit of Hackerman behind the scenes, uh, images of the first test shot, some pretty interesting stuff. So if you're dying to know more about Hackerman, you can join Patreon. I have special pandemic pricing. The $1 tier is back open, so you can uh, get all this content for just a buck. And it uh, goes to a pretty selfish uh, enterprise called Knights of the Slice, and all we offer in return is just a little bit of entertainment. This next question from Kenneth West also corresponds to a Facebook question from Jake Meyer, so I'm going to do them both at the same time. First up, Kenneth West is says yes to an upgrade pack for Radic. He is on board. His question is, is Radic indeed the love child of John Matrix, Commando, and Riddick from Pitch Black? Then we shoot over to Jake Meyer on the Facebook. Is Radic more of a Dutch or a John Matrix guy? Uh, I think there's also some other questions about inspiration of Radic further on. We'll get to those. Um, so Radic is all these things. The answer is yes, right? Radic is every single muscle-bound, you know, uh, muscle-shirt-wearing superhero from the 80s or 90s in video games or movies or films or X, Y, and Z. There, there is no limit to the amount of influence uh, that makes him up. People say he looks like Duke Nukem. People say he looks like bad dude. People, you're all correct. It's all there. It's all in that. This guy is the the collective idea of those archetypes. It's all in there. It's all him. For me personally, Radic is about recreating not the character of John Matrix from Commando, but rather the play patterns I used to engage in with that Arnold Schwarzenegger figure. Um, I don't even know if I knew that was a commando figure. I just knew it was Arnold. And I've told the tale many times, but that was my my single most favorite figure when I was a kid. I loved um, like making new clothes for him. I would make ninja uniforms using electrical tape. I would, you know, stock him full of weapons. Um, truly, a, a you know, a signature piece from my childhood. So... Um, Radic and his story moving forward and the things I want to do with this character are just literally recreating those childhood memories of this one specific toy. Um, so, uh, I can't, I can't sort of give you a specific point of reference or who this is supposed to be other than the answer that it's supposed to be all of those characters. 
Paul Weyer asks, any plans for themes, genres after your Space Cowboy collab is done? I'd love to see a samurai of the slice or maybe a pirate. Um, yeah, over a long enough timeline, I'd, I'd like to get to all of those for sure. No question. Um, I think that uh, samurai and pirate are things I've thought about but never really put pen to paper on. Oh, I think I did. No, I did some samurai armor like in the first year that never really uh, went anywhere. Um, as far as like genres I want to get to, uh, pirate and samurai, interesting. Cowboy, obviously that's my number one and we're making a lot of progress and headway there. Um, I, you know, I would like to go back to fantasy at some point, but I don't know when that's going to be. And then... Um, I, I am interested, obviously, in the idea of sort of diving suits and, um, you know, just kind of a more heavier, clunkier type of figure. Um, I don't know when we're going to be able to get to that. Uh, just that, you know, as I said, I, I sat down and what I like to do is I take big sheets of construction paper and I make a sort of uh, fold out chart and I'll go and I will cut and paste each and every single figure that's on order including accessories in this this big grid and I'll kind of plot out action figure of the month I'll plot out what accessories we have for the rest of the year and then I'll show you know every single character that's coming out and I kind of just sit there and I plan it out and I got to tell you with just Radic and Hackerman as well as all of our pre-existing tooling this year is so chocked full of stuff i had i could literally do a sale every week for the rest of this year and there would be a new figure every single week now, i'm not going to do that i'm going to space it out as i know that's everybody's preference but there's so much stuff going on i i don't know how to get more new figures into a single year i just don't i don't see the path for that um, it's becoming less and less of a money issue. You know, sales have been strong enough that I can tool new figures and we certainly have prototyped. At this point, I would say there's probably a dozen sculpted figures that could become toys at any time. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, but we run into the problem of where do I slate these things? It takes a lot of time and energy to launch a new figure. Um, and also, uh, I mean, there is a consideration of literal floor space. I only have, you know, so many square feet to, to sort of store and work with things. Uh, and then, you know, also like customer dollars. Like you guys don't have infinite amount of money to be buying every single figure. Um, so we're getting into this new chapter with Nights of Slice where money is still, it's is always going to be a concern. But the barrier to entry for a new figure is a lot easier to surmount than it has been in the past. Uh, the question becomes, you know, how do we make room for new stuff? And should we make room for new stuff? I'm looking at this chart right in front of me and my God, there's, there's so much coming up. It's really going to be, it's going to be quite staggering and a lot of fun. Anyway, I digress. Philip Rar says, yes, he would love an accessory pack. Uh, could we see 
do-it-yourself kits on the store more often, mishmash of different parts to create a whole new figure, similar to Patreon gift, possibly no photos of what will be. I, I think so. And just to clarify, uh, for those who haven't seen it, there is a Patreon gift um, that is essentially a kit you guys are going to put together. This is a, a Frankenslice style character. It has huge significance for the storytelling of Cyber Mama. And um, I'm basically putting the parts in a bag, sending it to my patrons. They can build it. These actually feature paint deco, which I don't think we've done as Patreon gifts before. But this is a quick, easy, and dynamic way to get a new character out there, get him to patrons. I will have a couple of them on sale in the store afterwards, of course. Um, I, and I, I like this process. I, I like giving you guys something to build. I don't know if I would do blind. I think that the traditional hollow bag Frankenslices are probably a closer approximation of that. But I can definitely see more of these DIY kits. I, I think it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. It's fun for me to put together. Um, and you guys really seem to like it. Judging by how many people have upped their pledge to 25 this month, which has been staggering. Um, uh, you know, I think this is, you're going to see more of this stuff. We got some good questions from James Davis here. Uh, here's a fun question. Since a lot of your characters are based on things you drew created when you were a kid, are there any ideas you might have had that are too weird or crazy to make it into Knights of the Slice? Or is everything that came out of your five-year-old brain fair game? Uh, side, also, side question, if you deem something too weird to fit into Knights of the Slice, would you ever consider a wholly separate line of figures? These are great questions. So, um, I don't know if there's ideas that are too weird from my childhood. I think that the stuff I can't do is, uh, you know, my sort of like my fan art of other characters. I, I drew Robocop a lot when I was a kid. I, I do not see a path to doing a Robocop figure. Um, I, uh, I had a character named Black Cougar who was just, just Batman. There, there was no, you know, it's, it's blatantly clear it's Batman. I don't think I could ever make that figure. So I, I think that the, the only prohibitive ideas are the ones that um, are just too close to other people's IP, if that makes sense. Um, there is something like, I, I do want to get to animal heads. I had a lot of animal characters that were very special to me that I want to find a way to make. I think probably the one you guys might be familiar with is Bomber Bunny. Uh, there's actually been some really awesome fan art of Bobber Bunny. People seem to really like that character. I would love to find a way to do that. Um, you know, uh, it, that's probably on the weirder edge. But with the the idea of the vector, all this stuff, I think, is, is fair game. Uh, and then the follow-up question, if there was something too weird to fit in Knights of Slice, would I ever consider doing a wholly separate line of figures? I, I thought about this at many stages. I, I thought about spinning off Radic and Hackerman as a 5.5 inch line that would be separate from Knights of the Slice, but have some level of interchangeability. Um, I, I, I honestly, I, I take that consideration every time I'm going to do a figure. Is this something that could live outside of Knights of the Slice? Um, I think that that's also a very useful exercise if you yourself are an aspiring toy maker. 
and particularly if you're an aspiring Glios toy maker, you should ask yourself, can this survive outside of the Glios universe? And if the answer is no, you probably don't have a strong enough idea and you should go back to the drawing board. Um, so I think, you know, I, I'm always sort of contemplating that overall, the fluidity of the Night of the Slice universe or Turtle Island, as I call it, this sort of all encompassing world that they're in, I, you know, it's lax enough that I think I can pretty much fit anything in there. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we have Shikan, somebody else's IP, as a, you know, participatory member of the Turtle Island universe. I think that's pretty great. We're going to have some level of crossover with Kit Lau and his creations, which is pretty exceptional. So, you know, as far as the, the rules of the universe, I think we can pretty much get anything we want in there. Chris Solis, he's asking. So since the vector plays a big role in Nights of the Slice, has everything been a simulation to this point? Chris, I cannot answer this question. And here's why. I cannot tell you with certainty that we in our waking lives are not in a simulation. So therefore, I cannot comment on the nature of reality for Nights of the Slice or anything pre-vector in Nights of the Slice. Um, all of this can be a game within a game within a game of our reality, which may very well be a game. I often think about, uh, in Minecraft, you can build a game of Tetris. So you can be within a game playing another game. And we've seen mini games and sub games all the time uh, in gaming, nothing new there. But that concept may very well be the fabric and nature of our waking reality. Um, I've always thought that, you know, how we exist is not unlike how characters on a DVD of a, a great uh, TV show may exist. There is the ability to fast forward and rewind and stop and pause and things like that on a DVD. But for the characters located in the shows on that DVD, they have no means of controlling the rewind, the fast forward, the stop and the pause. So think about that. Nice, interesting, brain-busting idea. Brent Lawson, he asks, will there be more archive crates again? The answer is yes, and very soon. What I'm working on right now is a massive restock of the store. Uh, I need a little bit of time. I think this is going to kick off maybe next week. But I'm going to add a bunch of stuff to the store that's been kind of floating around for a while. Um, I'll do a full breakdown so everybody knows what's coming, but I'm going to, I'm going to re-up the Mega Merge Fallout figures that are on there. Um, I might have a Shikan figure that can go back up on the store. I know people are looking for Shikan to have parts used with Braddock, so I'm working on that. Uh, Thousand Toys, I think I found a case of Death Knight, so I'd like to get that up there. There's a bunch of stuff. Um, so yes, there will be another Vector Crate. This one, last one was great. It was a great experience. Uh, this next Vector Crate is even rarer than the first Vector Crate. So keep your eyes peeled for it. Just as a general caveat, Vector Crates are going to go very quick. Last time we had, was it 11 of them? 
and there were over 200 people gunning at the same minute to get those. This means there are going to be people that miss out on it. It's just the nature of this item. Uh, you know, I apologize ahead of time. There's a very good chance you are not going to get this next vector crate. So happy hunting. It's going to be fun. Moving on, Brent says he would love accessory packs. Chrome swords would be outstanding. The chrome on the hyper micros gun worked well. Maybe black chrome. How about a black chrome zoner capsule? He's obviously brainstorming there in real time. Um, chrome can only exist, or I only do chrome, let's put it this way, on ABS plastic, not PVC plastic. All of the swords I have, I believe, are PVC plastic. So they, the chrome electroplating will not adhere to the style of swords that I have so far. Um, now, uh, black chrome capsule, I love that idea. I have a ton of capsules in stock. I have many styles that have not been revealed yet. So I don't know, there's not gonna be any new production on capsules probably until next year. Um, so we're pretty locked in place on what's gonna be going on capsule wise, but I haven't revealed the best styles of them yet. So you guys are gonna be very excited. There's, there's cool stuff in the future for sure. Gavinerator has some good questions here. Uh, so I'm gonna preface his question because there are probably some people who have not heard this update uh meat ambassador which is a hacker man style that was available in the subsidy supply drop pre-order store um my attempt was going to be to get a red solid uh base color with speckled plastic inside not unlike the stone chicon that we did but with a sort of red uh red white and blue kind of speckled plastic mix we have been unable to replicate that idea at the factory level. So I do have a new version of it, uh, and that is what Gavin is referring to here. So I will speak on that now. Let's hear more on the Meat Ambassador. Can you give us any info on what your alternate plans for him might be now that you know the original special effects PVC won't work? Um, so I'm not prepared to reveal what the replacement style is. I think people are going to be very happy with it. I will, of course, offer any refunds for those who are dissatisfied, uh, but I'm not going to show or share the revision until I actually have a sample. I think it's pointless to kind of uh, say in words or in text what I imagine the final will be like. I need to see it for myself, and then I'll gladly share some photos with you guys, and you can tell me what you think. Continuing on, any juicy gossip on Hackerman? I hear in a fight against Radic, Hackerman would win. Uh, I tend to agree with you. You know, um, Radic appears very strong, right? And we know he's lived in the Vector and he's lived in various video games as different characters over the years. But as we've seen in his intro comic against Marcin, uh, he is not omnipotent. He is not Neo in the Matrix. He has limitations, he gets injured. He is bound, in most respects, by the gravity and the laws inside of the Vector, inside of the games. Um, you know, he is not an all-powerful, invincible character. There's an interesting dichotomy going on here, because he, his appearance inside the Vector is one of, you know, Das Übermensch. He, he's really uh, a super-strong, super-muscular uh, look. And the question is, 
what you know what is compelling such a overstated overly muscular look what is at the root of that is that because that is Raddick's true nature or is it an overcompensation for what he may be deep down inside interesting questions there but yes I would say that Hackerman could easily beat Raddick I think Hackerman may be the most powerful if not you know in the top three list of uh, over 9,000 power uh, category heroes and villains. Gavin continues, also, maybe the Radic upgrade packs could contain a single part from a special Radic figure colorway, a boot, a thigh, half a limb, head of tank, a fanny pack, split up the figure, send one part with each pack. Um, no, I, I, you know, generally, uh, people like to get a full character experience uh, and I and if I wanted to do this, I don't have spare Radix at the moment, and it's going to be quite some time until I do. So uh, I do know what I want to do for the Radix accessory packs. I spent some time yesterday putting them together. Uh, there will be 50 of them, and then they will be gone forever. And I will have those up hopefully in the next SOAR update, probably coming next week. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Patrons will get a peek at what's inside. Um, as soon as I have it. Finally, Gavin says he really wants a trench coat that fits Radix's beefy arms. Any suggestions? I haven't found a good fit yet. I, I did just pull my sort of cloth clothing archive box and I brought it upstairs. So I do intend to sit down and noodle this idea, see if there's something open market that's already available that I can use. Um, he's, you know, he's such an odd size that a lot of the five inch clothing you think would work is really, really big on him. And obviously three and three quarter inch clothing doesn't have a chance. Uh, I also am interested in figuring out uh, garments like that for Radic. I have spoken to my pattern maker and we're going to start collaborating on something. So uh, it is top of my priorities to do. Matthew Paquette is yes on the Radic upgrade kit. Uh, would I do a few mock samples to share the builds? Uh, no, but I will show you guys what's going to be in it for sure. Um, can I share anything about Radix's apparel choices? His choice in shoes, his fingerless glove, the fanny pack. Knowing this is his likeness in the vector, I have to assume that every item is strategic in some way as if this were a role-playing game where you are equipping items. This is a very interesting concept. Um... There may be specific names and significance to parts of Radix gear, but uh, those are not crystallized yet and for sharing. But what I will say is that the era is very important. If you think of how Radix looks and where he would fit in history, that is of significance. Sean Houlihan says, I would love an accessory set for Radix. Cloth goods are great. My question is, if Radic was a mini-boss, could he quite possibly have squared up against Shikan? Um, I think definitely Radic and Shikan have met, you know, by both being video game characters. Um, I think I want to solidify this relationship. I got to talk to Robert today, see if maybe we can do one piece of fan art or something, because that's, that's a really great idea and it's completely plausible. Christian Imperiali says, can you give us a quick reminder of the remaining Action Figure of the Month releases you have for the upcoming months? 
Any special colorways or special figures that you have on the back burner? Will Send 5 see the light of day? Question mark. Christian, you must know. Secrets are my business. I can't simply reveal all these things. Uh, action figure of the month. I, I am happy to reveal that there will be a May, a June, a July, an August, a September, an October, a November, and a December figure. What those will be, what styles, what colors, I cannot say. Surprise is what I'm selling. Um, I am sitting on quite a few special colorways and special figures. Um, you know, you you guys will learn about them in due time. There is a lot of cool and surprising stuff on the horizon. May is going to be an extremely busy, busy month for us, but it's going to be really cool. Um, you know, I like to zig instead of zag. As far as uh, Sen 5 goes, I really want to make that figure. I really do. Um, I don't know how or when. <laughs> I got to figure it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I keep running into this problem. I don't know how to do the next new figure. Uh, not so. The money is less of a concern. I think we've all proven we can fundraise privately and do a really good job. The, the concern comes from the production pipeline, how quickly they can tackle these things. You know, it's just a, it's a really tough time frame to be adding new and new things. And, and we got a lot to get through, but Sen 5 is near and dear to me. It is something I need to make. I, if I left this earth without making Sen 5, I would be completely remiss. Gordon Hall says, how do you overcome the fear of destroying a figure when setting out to make a custom? Do you more freely use your own figures than you would a figure you purchased? As for Radic Kits, Cloth Goods, and it would certainly draw his interest. Um, you know, I think that um, I definitely have fear about ruining customs, especially like expensive Japanese figures. What I found doing that can help is sort of having a, a junky figure like a McDonald's store or something like that, that I kind of experiment on alongside that figure, especially if we're talking about paint and, and things like that and stripping paint. Uh, I tend to have like a, just a, you know, dollar store army guy or something like that, that I can kind of fiddle with to see if the effect I'm going for is actually going to work. Um, but other than that, you know, these are just toys. They're hunks of plastic. I say ruin them. I, I was merciless in my customization as a kid. I was not very neat, tidy. I ruined almost every custom I did. And I kind of approached things that way too. I think there's quite a bit of fun in the destruction of it all. Uh, I definitely more freely use my own figures than figures I've purchased for customs just by virtue of having, you know, inventory of them and of the same figure and I can keep doing whatever I want to do to them. Brandon Quintero, I'm not sure if you've answered this before, but is there any info on the Thousand Toys Rebel and Vice? Also, I think erratic accessory set would be awesome. Love the idea of using some of the old night stuff. Funny enough, I've already attached the gauntlet to him. Yeah, the gauntlet looks great on him, and, and that's part of my reason for doing erratic kit. I want people to have more gauntlets to recreate that effect because I think it looks great. Um, I think at this point, you know, I don't think it's very likely that Rebel and Vice are coming out for the Thousand Toys project. I don't, I don't have any new information. They haven't told me anything, but I don't think that there are additional synths in the artist project that are going to happen. I think that they 
made a big splash. They they covered a lot of artists, and I think that they're, you know, it appears that they're done with that project. So, um, you know, I, I I would love to hear definitively, but I think that that's the safe bet that those are not going to happen. Chris Warner asks if somebody offers to cover all the costs, scope, factory, paint, shipping. What would you make for the Knights of the Slice line? Um, oddly enough, I I have had this offer before from customers. I have had some very dedicated fans reach out and offer to finance, uh, you know, a creation. I can do whatever I want. I can have a blank check. It's very flattering to uh, to get those offers. I I never take them up. Um, if I had somebody financing a new figure and I didn't have to worry about anything cost-wise, I would do a man in a business suit. I would do the most basic, the most boring civilian possible and just have this, this milk toast, this utterly deprived suit wearing normie. And I think that would be such a great figure. You could switch, swap all the heads that I've made onto it. You could have, you know, a hyper knight wearing a suit. How much fun would that be? So that's what I would do. I would do just a basic civilian figure wearing a suit. And from that, you would have material to create some truly interesting characters. Brian Gloss, outside of Glios and Acid Rain, what other indie toy lines would you recommend? Right now I'm considering getting six inch IM Elemental Courage. Uh, yeah, definitely pick up that figure. Uh, I think that actually, I am Elemental's four inch, three and, three and three quarter inch figures are better than the six inch figure they did, but the six inch is very interesting. You should, you should definitely pick it up. It's, it's a fun toy. Um, what else? Do, I mean, support the other Glios makers. That, that is super crucial. If you want Knights of the Slice to succeed, support the other Glios folks as well, because our success is a shared success. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats in that regard. Um, yeah, that's where I would tell you to focus your money. Brian Doran, I was bummed to discover when stripping a Micros Hyper Knight that the head under there was not translucent plastic. Do Hyper Micros heads in those colors exist? Uh, they do, and they will be rolled out in due time. I have some plans for them. Quentin Russo has got a couple questions. Did I purchase the Wolverines? He's referring to the Reaction Super 7 two-packs that just came out from the movie Red Dawn. Um, I did not. They look really cool. I like the weapons that they have. Uh, I would have purchased them save for the fact that I have so many reaction figures sitting in the package waiting for me to open. I have wave one of the Transformers figures. I've only opened one or two of them. I have all their convention exclusives. You know, they were doing that beautiful glow-in-the-dark monster figures. I, I just have too much of a backlog of reaction figures. I need some time to sit down and appreciate them. And so I've sort of told myself I'm not going to buy any more of them until I, I get caught up. But I do think they're wonderful. Also, you know, Super 7 people don't think of as an indie company, but it kind of is, you know. Brian Flynn is just like us. He's a fan who's making the stuff he wants. Uh, that's a good company to support as well. I would support them over, you know, a Hasbro or a Mattel or Disney for sure. Uh, Quentin also says, I just noticed even the bottom of Radic's boots has a lot of details. Maybe not every release, but could you release some really wild multi-deco boots? My roommate used to collect obnoxious import knockoff shoes from China and Japan. 
in a year or so, I'd like to have my own Radic Footlocker display. Um, I think you're going to get what you want, although uh, the painted styles of Radic only have maybe one or two decos on the boots, but there are obviously a lot of details that make sense for a paint app or two. So you're going to have a lot to work with. I, I fully expect people to add additional colors with their own paints to Radic's feet, and I think, you know, this is a worthy goal. It'll be cool to have to see what we can come up with. Maybe there's a contest there, you know, design Radix shoes. Um, that does it for our Patreon questions. We're gonna hop over to Facebook now. Trevor Petkiss asks, what's your favorite video game mascot and what's my favorite candy? These are tough questions to answer. Um, I guess, I, I've always liked Mario, right? I think that it's truly a, a very successful character. Uh, everybody loves him. He's, you know, he's probably like the equivalent to a Mickey Mouse. Uh, our sort of, our era's Mickey Mouse, if that makes sense. So I think I'll go with that. I think that's that's a fair pick. Favorite candy? Uh, you know, I don't, I'm avoiding sugar. have been for probably a year now. Um, but... I would say that generally Easter candy is is the best, right? Because you get Cadbury cream eggs, of which you only need the minis. A full Cadbury cream egg is way too much. It's just nobody needs all of that. Uh, you get the Robin's eggs, classic jelly beans, uh, you know, anything Easter candy is pretty great. Gabriel Tovar, I think I've asked this before, so apologies in advance. What are some of your favorite toy gimmicks? Example, transforming, part swapping, kung fu grips, etc. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a fan of gimmicks that get in the way of play or sculpt. So typically I gravitate towards things like color change or glow in the dark or sunlight reactive pigments. Like that stuff is, is really my wheelhouse. Philip Barrara, will you ever make more photos with Meteor 2? Would love to see more now that your fan creation is at last a toy. Um, probably not just because I have so much new stuff and I have so many photos I have to take now of Radic and Hackerman and, and, uh, all the, all the new stuff coming. So I, I don't know what the likelihood of that is, but I would recommend that people definitely use, um, some of the Cyber Mama heads on Meteor 2 in order to recreate Samus when she's unmasked. I think that's a fun thing to do. James Jacob, would you ever make a pizza home base for the nice of the slice? Like, say, a pizza shop, maybe even a Kickstarter for it. Uh, I have gotten the question of playsets many times over the years. I, I, you know, I used to say that vehicles and playsets had no chance of surviving in this line. Um, I did find a way to make vehicles work with Capsule version 2, which I think is a, a success and, and was not an easy problem to solve. I don't know how to make playsets work. Um, the problem with playsets is uh, multifold. Um, one, you're tooling, you know, if, if it costs, let's say, $10 to, uh, it costs $10,000 to tool a single four-inch figure, let's say, just using a round number, it would cost forty dollars to $50,000 to tool a playset. The other problem then is that while, let's say, 100 people will buy that figure that cost you $10,000 to make, there's only a small fraction of people that will buy 
a much more expensive playset. So your customer base actually shrinks as your price increases. And uh, it just, it's really hard to financially make that work. Justin Doak asks another impossible question. If you could go back to the very beginning, what would you change about the figures or the line, if anything? I would sort of simultaneously change everything and nothing. I know that's a non-answer, but um, I could, you know, I could sit for three hours and rattle off everything differently that I would do. But ultimately, we've ended up where we are. And I think that all of those mistakes and missteps were actually building towards today. So um, I think there's endless amounts of variables that I would have changed. But ultimately, we're here and we're in a great space. So you got to take all that all those negative things and uh, realize that they're part of the positive. Snake Pike asks, what do you think of the news on the new Dune movie? Do you think there will be a toy line like the OG movie? Are the gauntlets on the old knight inspired by the acid rain space prisoner? All great questions. One, uh, Vanity Fair recently released our first peek, in-depth peek at the Dune film and the characters and the costuming. It looks amazing. I love it. I'm on board. I could talk about great length to great lengths about this. The one thing that bothered me, which is a nitpicky OCD thing, it's my own fault. The gloves that the still suits have are actually Oakley tactical gloves. Uh, these are largely used in airsoft, and there is some uh, military application for them as well. I, I don't know why, but it takes me out of the fantasy world. I wish they had sort of designed their own version of gloves, but I understand they probably saved a ton of money by pulling something off the shelf. Do I think there will be a toy line? Probably not, unless uh, somebody like NECA does one or two figures. I, I can't imagine that there's a huge market for Dune figures, even though I would very much love that. I think it would be fantastic. Um, the other thing is, you know, with Denny Villeneuve and his sort of futuristic sci-fi stuff, he's very modest and subdued in costuming. And that doesn't always lend itself to dynamic great toys. Uh, think of Blade Runner 2049. Uh, those characters and those toys are pretty bland. They look like people wearing everyday clothes. Uh, in comparison to how the characters were in Blade Runner, Blade Runner 1, like those are characters screaming for proper action figures, wherein the, the more sort of off-the-rack costuming doesn't really lend itself to the toyetic form, unfortunately. Regarding the gauntlets on the old knight being inspired by Asked Rain Space Prisoner. Uh, no, the gauntlet on the Old Knight is actually a piece that was originally designed for Hob that uh, got sort of streamlined, uh, sidelined rather, and reused for Old Knight when the time came. But it predates the Space Prisoner by probably a year or two, even though they have kind of the same heft and uh, work good together. Ian Emmeling, who's been doing some fantastic fan art of Nice Slice Lately, asks, Can I elaborate on the story of Saima, her minions, and the grand scheme of her story as it relates to the world of Knights of the Slice? Um, I don't want to do that, but luckily I have done that, so you can go back and get all those questions answered. Look forward to Stazapod episode number 94, called Cyber Mama Backstory and Breakdown, that was released on January 3rd, and um, you'll be able to get... All of this information filled in for yourself. And Ian, I know you are a patron, so you have instant access to over 140 Distazipods at this point. Amazing. Cliffy Cheetah, would I recommend acrylic paints for painting custom figures or enamel paints? 
Uh, do not use enamel paints on PVC and ABS. Uh, it can actually melt PVC and uh, ABS. You do not want to do that. Use acrylic paints. Uh, water them down quite a bit. Make sure your surface is cleaned, preferably with rubbing alcohol before you start painting. Um, I use Vallejo airbrush paints, but I brush them on in a traditional manner, not with an airbrush gun. And uh, I find that that is the best method. Jason Rushlow, I noticed Raddick has a fanny pack. What does he keep in it? That is to be decided by the end owner. You guys tell me what's in his fanny pack. Also, uh, what was the inspiration for the position of Raddick's leg joints? Uh, we're talking B crotch versus T crotch. I like how we can do splits from side to side, not front to back like most Knights of the Slice figures. So, um, this was a very uh, deliberate choice on my part. I've been wanting to do a V crotch figure um, probably since after Classic Night. Dowdy is not a fan of this position of crotch and uh, has tried to dissuade me over the years from doing this. Um, I wanted to have just a wider range of movement. I wanted to have a leg set that people could swap out for characters that were a little more fluid, for characters that were maybe martial artists. I just wanted to get out of the very confined sort of footprint that you get with traditional T-Crotch figures. Not that there's anything wrong with them. Obviously, most of the Knights of Slice have a T-Crotch. It's much better for vehicles. But I wanted something that, you know, I wanted a character that could ride a motorcycle, could ride a horse, could do splits, could do sidekicks. And I'm very happy with how it turned out. And I think it, it does open up uh, new possibilities for customization and, and character creation. I also think that the, the specific pants that he wears uh, lends itself so much better to that sort of sharp angle as opposed to a sort of tightly boxed in um, T-crotch. If you think about it, the range of movement is much wider with a V-crotch. You can spin it, you know, 360 degrees. And uh, that that is sort of how you feel when you wear those parachute pants. I know, I have a pair. Finally, Adam E. Kenyon, will we see any new classic night styles again this year? Um, as Jason points out under this question, uh, we do have Mustard Knight coming, classic Mustard Knight. Um, I do think I have a need for other classic Knight styles, maybe as Material Boys. Uh, there were some kits and accessories I want to do that really need a classic Knight in order to fulfill them. So I I'm sort of contemplating how I'm going to accomplish that goal. I may, I may just you know, increase a material style for mustard, or I may place a whole new colorway, but we're going to need classic nights, um, to sort of do everything we want to do for the rest of this year. So I think there's a pretty strong chance of that happening. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for the great questions. Thank you for the support. Keep your eyes out for a very big store update coming soon. Could be some stuff that's been sold out for a while that's back in stock. It's going to be exciting. And folks, the only thing left to say is pizza out.